I can see you out there, Kevin. I've talked to like 19 basketball people in three hours. Arizona Sports, our son's mega mind, Kellen Olson, joining Wolf and Luke to talk about the Phoenix Suns now. All right, Wolf, the good news is I went out and found some food. Bad news is I uh, didn't get any silverware, so now I'm just staring at the okay. food. There's a lot of food out there, too. It's, it's, yeah, it's like it's a full it's an blown feast. office party. Well, it's a going away party. Here at the station. One of our best uh, news people. Yeah. yeah. Grizz. Grizz is a But we get a lot of food to, to celebrate. So we need a distraction right now, and what better distraction is there than Kellen Olson calling in on the Arizona Sports Line after what I'm sure was a very long night. Kellen, thanks for the time. How are you doing? Doing good, Wolf. We can't take this guy anywhere. Can someone get this man a fork or a spoon or whatever he needs? My goodness. I'm debating trying to use this pen to eat, but yeah. uh, we're not there quite yet. Uh, right you would, too, you weirdo. I, I have no other options. I'm in survival mode here. Uh, all right, yeah. <laughs> Kellen, the, uh, the game last night, um, I, was, I was there just in the crowd not covering it, and the, the feeling kind of was like, Nervous energy before the game and then just sort of relief as the game got going and then excitement seemed to pick up. It was kind of strange. Kevin Durant, I I don't remember seeing him have that bad of a shooting night, but uh, what was your impression just of the overall vibe there last night? Uh, It was great. It was a lot of nervous energy for sure, especially in pregame warmups, right? Everyone was one out there because I think sometimes it's it's a mixed crowd in terms of who is there, who, who you're going to see. Uh, media members, for example, might have some work to get done, but everyone made sure that they were out there to watch his warm-up, not only because it was his home debut part two, but because of what happened in, in part one. So there was all of that before the game. And then I think once the game started, everyone sort of waited for him to not settle in, but just look exactly the way that he did. Because if we would have seen this type of performance from him in Charlotte, we would have been like, oh, okay, like first game. He's back from an injury. There's some nervous energy there, sure. But it was so seamless and smooth instantly in those three road games that I think we all rightfully expected for that to kind of hold up here, and and it just didn't. There was the loose ball offensive rebound where he got like a baseline jumper from 12 feet out, and he didn't come close to making that, and that's where it was less for me about conditioning or like the ankle bothering him or whatever it would be to just be like, oh, he's, he's nervous or there's just something going on there. And and that's what he said after the fact. He said the ankle felt completely fine, and he was just a little bit nervous. Uh, but the great thing about this team, and what we've been talking about for so long, is that if he doesn't have it going, they've got plenty of other options, and it wasn't even Devin Booker last night. It was Chris Paul and DeAndre, and they closed it out. Yeah, for me, Killer, it was all about how he was going to move. I honestly didn't have any expectation whatsoever in regard to the amount of points he might score or what kind of numbers he would post. For me, it was just about watching him move, and I thought he moved very, very well. Your takeaways from what you saw as a team last night from the Phoenix Suns. It was part of what I talked about, right? And and Chris Paul talked about this after the game. There are going to be games where it's going to be Chris and DeAndre closing it out. There's going to be games where it's Kevin or or Devin or someone else because teams only have so many – Minnesota is sort of an ideal team, and, and Book said this too because they've got two really good perimeter defenders. They've got Jade McDaniels, who might make all defenses here, and then Anthony Edwards, who can be the best defender in the room on, on any given night of his intent is there. So they had those two guys to send, but then Mike Conley, who's a good defender in his own right, still had to guard Chris Paul, and then Rudy Gobert kind of struggles in that coverage against Chris Paul specifically. 
And then when you space the floor out and don't provide help to that two-man game, like you're in trouble. And we saw that towards the end of the game. So even a team like Minnesota that has the individual capability to kind of defend this team still kind of ran out of answers. And if you look ahead to Friday right now, like they've got KCP to put on Booker. They've got Aaron Gordon to put on Durant. But Jamal Murray is going to have to guard Chris Paul. Like Nicole Jokic is going to have to be the back defense on that pick and roll and we're I think we're going to see a lot more of what we saw on Wednesday in that regard it's just going to speak to how offensively like they're just not going to have any issues Kellen Olson's joining us uh Kellen you know Monty Williams has said as far as a playoff rotation I think the number he gave was nine and a half and then he kind of the other day said that was a weird number to give but uh you know after he gave that nine and a half number all of a sudden TJ Warren entered back into the fray and Terrence Ross has had some really good productive games just as far as the playoffs, do you see that the, the the group of players, even if it is only nine, do you see that potentially changing from night to night? Yes, I, I do. I think that the Ross and Warren spots specifically are, are ones that will change. I think campaign is always going to be the backup point guard, quote-unquote, but on some nights that might be him playing seven minutes. On some nights that might be him playing 20 minutes, but there's that extra wing and that extra guard spot outside of Torrey Craig, the backup center, and the backup point guard that could fluctuate on a night-to-night basis. And right now it's Ross and Warren, deservedly so, because of how well that they played in the three games prior to last night. And then last night they didn't really have that much of an impact, but there are going to be games where this they're facing a team that staggers their stars a bit and they have a really good defensive option out there. So you want Torrey Craig, or offensive option rather, and you want Torrey Craig and Ish Wainwright out there because Ish has been probably the best defender off of the bench uh, for them in this in this post kind of KD era. There are going to be times where they're playing a really good defensive team and they want maximum spacing. That's where Damian Lee can get in with his shooting. So there are a lot of different options that they can look at, and I do think it'll fluctuate based on the matchup, yeah. You know, speaking on of defense right now, Killer, it, it seems to me that Chris Paul has been much more active defensively in the last few games. Would you agree with that? Definitely, and and I think that after how odd that first half was, just the total energy of the game and how uneven the flow of it all was, I thought the one guy to respond with his energy more than anyone in the second half was Chris Paul, and it was on it was on both ends. He was just he was flying around, and I think that we've seen him really not necessarily round into form because we know what his form is, which is a top 15, 20 player in the league, but we've seen him find a rhythm at the very least, and that's been huge for them on both ends, but particularly defensively because yeah, I think people forget this in Phoenix because we're seeing the twilight of his year. Like, this is arguably the best defensive point guard of all time. I think it's nine all-defense teams that he's yeah. made over the course of his career, so he's superb on that end, even with the way that his, his legs can't move like they used to back in the day, of course, but like his instincts and his team defense is still there. And we saw how last night, like he can still like spark a team, even, even with the limitations at this age and, and at this point in his career. Kellen Olson's joining us. Uh, Kellen, I, I've wanted to ask you this question for a few days. I guess I could have just texted you, but I waited until this moment. Uh, we had Jay Williams on earlier talking about the Western conference. And he said, it's almost like paper, rock, scissors where one team could beat one, but then they're going to lose to somebody else. And, when you look around the West right now, is there one team that stands out as a, as a better or maybe even a tougher matchup for the Suns? Not that they would definitely win or lose, but just something that's more favorable or something that's more difficult. I think it goes back to what I was just talking about in terms of defensive matchups and looking at the teams that have the, not only team defense in place, but the individual defense in place. And I think a fully healthy golden state immediately stands out because they'd have Draymond, and Wiggins to throw at Durant, and then one of one or the other would be defending 
Devin Booker. And then as a team defense with Looney back there, they've always been pretty darn good. So I, I think them as a team really stands out above all the others. I did mention Minnesota, but they're just too early into this right now. Then there's the Gobert and Towns issue or problem. Is it a problem? We're going to find out here pretty soon. A lot of us already think that it is going to be a problem for them in the postseason, but we're going to have to wait and see on that front. But the, the easy answer is Golden State just because of the championship pedigree that they have. You know that they can execute a scheme, various different schemes over the course of a series. They can throw a wrench into that offense. And then, of course, their offense speaks for itself with Steph and, and all the other options that they have, too. You know, to me, Killer, it seems like campaign has turned a consistency corner. Would you agree with that? Yes. Yeah, I, I think so. I think that just what he needs to provide to the team is energy more than anything. And the way that he can do that is hit a big three or two, set up a couple of threes. And, and Kevin shouted him out last night in, in talking about those two threes that he got in the fourth quarter. Those were set up by campaign. So I know that Cam had that late third quarter surge where it was a lot of his scoring getting it done. But the way that he was able to set up Durant and get that guy some huge shots that he needed uh, just for him to find a rhythm at that point in the game, but also like the team needed to kind of stay afloat while Booker was resting was huge. And I think that what he provides off the bench is unlike anyone else on the team, quite honestly. And, and that's really just a huge difference for them when he's able to come in there and make an impact. We've just seen overall in the last five games what it looks like when you can get solid play off the bench, sure, but when you have standout performances like we've seen from Ross or Warren or now Payne, it just makes a difference for a team that has this good of a starting five that has this much star power uh, at the top. Kellen Olson, expect nothing less than great stuff, and you delivered again, buddy. Thanks Thank a lot, you, buddy. man. Thanks, guys.